that's what that's, that's really the question what's the right dose What's the right dose of fasting? Power Project family, this is a Power Bite, and a Power Bite is a highlight from a full-length episode that we do not want you to miss. Links to the full episode are on the podcast show notes, along with special perks for all of our beautiful listeners. Enjoy. Seriously, we, we've, we've mentioned fasting a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we do OMAD sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do it all the time. But there's, there's, within, like, the fitness industry right now, there's a lot of people that talk about fasting like an elixir of health, and it right. massively increases longevity. Right. And then there's another part of people who will take that content and be like, this is bullshit, and this is why, like, fasting might be useful or mm-hmm. not. Um, are there legitimately any benefits to fasting as far as longevity is concerned? Mm-hmm. And maybe with the way that we're looking at fasting, you know, as a protocol, what ways do you think we might be getting it wrong mm-hmm. with how we use it? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I'm just after what actually really works. Mm-hmm. And to get to that question, you have to factor in over time. You have to factor in long term because there's this um, there's this misconception that things work kind of in a straight line. And that's not true of almost anything. Like almost nothing works in a straight line. Mm-hmm. What you see is most things work fantastically well up front and then there's attenuation down the line yeah so then work is good down the line some things dip under the curve and then there's negatives down the line okay mm-hmm. that's how things actually work and i don't care what you're talking about it's you know we know that's true like with ssris okay, they work fantastic up front and then later on you got to take you know like a car full of the things mm-hmm. that's true of most things so and fasting is not excluded from that i'm just saying that based on my experience over many, many years. So fasting is fantastically beneficial for longevity, for so many things. You know, it it, it is a a great practice. Hey guys, you like cereal. I like cereal. Let's not eat the bad stuff though. That's why we've partnered with Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon has number one, amazing macros, zero grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, 14 grams of protein, and 140 calories per serving. You're not getting all the icky sugar that you get from normal cereal. Magic mm-hmm. Spoon is the way to go. That's why we love it and it fits our diet. Andrew, how can people get it? Absolutely. You guys got to head over to magicspoon.com slash power project. You guys will see the variety pack. That's four different flavors and it's really an awesome way to kind of dip your toe into the cereal bowl. So that way you guys can figure out which flavor you like the most most and when you go there you're actually going to receive five dollars off that variety pack again magicspoon.com slash power project links to them down in the description let's get back to the video what you, what i have seen what i've experienced and what i've seen with other people <clears throat> is that it doesn't work in a straight line so you can see fantastic benefits up front and then there's an attenuation effect as you get a few years into it, three, four, five years. And I've seen this pretty consistently with people that I've spoken with and you start to see a kind of a cluster of things. One of those things is suddenly they have trouble dropping fat down the line. Um, Another thing is that their hunger gets dysregulated. Okay. Another thing is that their sleep can get dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And so you see this cluster of things. Um, So what that speaks to is what's the right dosing? Mm -hmm. That's that's really the question. What's the right dose? What's the right dose of fasting? Is it like, yeah, a way of life all the time? Or is it better in sort of strategic doses? That's the, the main question to my mind with fasting. And then is there a way that we can take fasting, which inherently when we start to break it down and go, why is fasting work? And we're just talking about, let, let me ask, we're just talking about like 16 and 20. We're not talking right. about multiple day fasts currently, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, okay. And I, I yeah. also found it to be super beneficial just to go 
I don't know, six or eight, six or eight waking hours mm-hmm. without food. Um, and that could mean I, I wake up and eat and then I don't eat again till later on in the evening. Or it could mean that I wait all the way until the evening and mm-hmm. eat twice, um, you know, at three and then again at seven or something like that. So I've, mm-hmm. I've found that to be really beneficial, but I understand what you're saying. It kind of sounds like what you're saying is the longer that someone practices fasting, uh, the more likely over a period of time they are to move away from it, which would be kind of proof that uh, maybe it is causing some of these things that you said, like dysregulated uh, hunger. And I, I have noticed some of that in myself to where sometimes I'm like, holy shit, this, I think this has made me hungrier. I think I can be, I think, I think uh, this has almost re-regulated my hunger because I think my hunger was like dampened for many years because of the way I was eating to be a 330 pound power lifter people are usually surprised that i didn't eat that much now i feel like i could enter an eating competition mm-hmm. at this point <laughs> with the way the way i can eat now <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good yeah what, what i would offer with that is like where my road has taken me um you know after 40 plus years of doing this stuff is that i approach everything like mixed martial arts like all of these things are techniques and i can use any one of them the question is, when do I want to use it? Mm-hmm. That's all. Like, like well, let's let's say fasting is like calf kicks, okay? <laughs> and the question is, well, hey, are calf kicks good? And the answer is like, yeah, they can be fantastic, but I wouldn't make my whole fight game based on calf kicks, you know? I mean, you might win a fight, I don't know, but you know, there, there's times when you might have to throw a punch, you might have to like grapple, you might have to go for an arm lock, and it's really more about like carnivore. Is that bad or is that good? No, it's a great tool. It, it's it's like that's like a that's like a overhand right uh, is keto a great tool yeah that's like a head kick okay or, so when do you use these things and it's like the answer is you know this thing we're talking about is much more like a fight it's much more like mixed martial arts than it is this it's not a punching bag it's like you know you can go to the punching bag and you just you just practice that that tyson body punch uppercut you just practice that all the time you're really good at that okay but that's not what fights are like okay fights go wherever they go and you got to be prepared so you know that's that's the way I approach it. These things are all good. Um, but like you can overdo calf kicks, you know? But, so yeah. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. And, and something also interesting with like fasting nowadays. And I don't know if you mentioned this to me over the phone or something recently, but like nowadays I'll still look at it like fasting, but I just had a protein shake with some like coffee and there's like some, there's some heavy cream with coffee, but I'm, I'm not going to eat again until probably this evening. Mm-hmm. But I, even though that's calories, I'm still looking that, as like a fast you know what i mean um and technically i had calories so a lot of people be like that's not fasting but Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily need to like there are some days where i won't have something in the morning but Mm -hmm. i'll have something like that or i'll have a protein shake Mm -hmm. throughout the day and the the thing that happened with me over the years is just my hunger is not as voracious as it was where Mm -hmm. if i would get hungry i would have to fucking respond or else my mood would get like i'd get annoyed or whatever i'm not controlled by that anymore but I can intermittently eat whenever I want and just be perfectly okay. It's like mm-hmm. I have better signals mm-hmm. of how much I should eat and when I should mm-hmm. eat. And it's it's very auto-regulated. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't count anymore, but it's very just intuitive. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Because okay. you, you hit on something pretty fascinating. Um, so where I'm at now with this and what I put in the book was that let's break fasting down. And why does fasting do what it, well, why does fasting work? Okay. Mm-hmm. So. We start to break fasting down. We go, well, you know, you get autophagy, you get ubiquination. So you get the breakdown of stuff that has to go in the trash, kind of keeps things clean. 
Okay, that's good. Um, you get the signal pathways activated. You get the sirtuins activated. You get amp K activated. Okay, you know that that's that's good. Um, and, and you start to just break fasting down into its concomitant mechanisms, and you go, okay, well, <clears throat> can we activate those apart from fasting? And yeah, wow, wait, actually, we can. So one of the best ways is through the gut. So we can manipulate the bacteria in the gut. To produce the phytobacteria, to produce bacteria that really help those things, that help those pathways turn on, mm-hmm. that help. Um, I mean, you just keep making your list, like uh, um, HDAC inhibition. That just means that we're making better copies of DNA so we can make proteins. Okay. Well, we can do that with the phytobacteria. You know, in the gut, you can do it. And you just keep going down this list, and it's like, wow, yeah. So there seems to be probably a pretty good case that we can activate a lot of these same pathways before fasting so that we don't have to fast as long. Mm. And then on top of that, when we turn to the insulin side of the equation and we go, well, why, what, what, let's keep going. What, what's another reason fasting works? Well, one reason seems to be that you get this sense, you get this cessation or pause in signals down the IGF one IIS pathway. Okay. So when you look at, when you look at glucose transport and when you look at, what gets turned on when cells bring glucose in mm-hmm. you have the metabolic pathway okay and that sort of uses mTOR as kind of a throttle so in the metabolic pathway mTOR works like a like like the it works like the accelerator it's like mm, back off on the gas or we need more gas okay mm-hmm. the other side of the equation is a pathway the mapk pathway that controls progression of cell cycles okay and so there's a there's a theory on aging the signal pathway theory that has has probably pretty good reason to believe that the more signals down that pathway, the faster you age. And if you just look at the signal pathways in bringing glucose in the cell, kind of makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. So fasting kind of turns that off, gives us a little break. Okay. The other thing is that fasting also helps replete acromancia. Okay. So acromancy is the other half of the commensal bacteria equation. It's the one we need to keep the gut lining working the way it should. And very difficult to feed through food. You can, but it's tough. But fasting repletes acromancia. So acromancia doesn't like dietary protein. Um, the best way to understand it is your mouth makes saliva. And that saliva has glycoproteins or proteins in it. And you have bacteria in your mouth. And that's what they feed on. So acromancia feeds on saliva secreted in the gut. And it likes that. But when you have like too much protein in the diet, you're activating these growth signal pathways, okay, and you're advantaging other kinds of bacteria that prefer their nitrogen from the diet, okay? So there's a lot of things to think about here, but it seems to be complementary that when you are spinning up the phytobacteria, that helps acromancia, and if you do it before a fast, then you fast, you're spinning up acromancia, and you have this balance of things that you can make a really good case is optimal. Then the other side of the equation becomes, so when you're fasting, you're ceasing, you're ceasing for the most part, the production of insulin, okay? That's not bad, you know, periodically. The other side of that equation is certain types of fibers um, tend to potentiate insulin sensitivity, Okay, so you have all these helper hormones around insulin, you know, like insulin doesn't do its job alone. You have the incretin proteins, which is GIP, GLP-1. You have um, adiponectin. So you have these other hormones, the family of insulin hormones that help insulin do its thing. And so you can make this case, and I tried to make it in the book. I hope I made a good case that 
there's this there's this way of eating that takes all the benefits of fasting and makes it better. You know, you get insulin sensitization through fibers prior to fasting. You get this preactivation of signal pathways before fasting. And I think that there's a proof of it. Uh, I'll probably have you guys try it, which is if you do it, you get hungrier way, way faster. Mm. Hunger is sort of one of your indicators that you've been fasting. Okay. What you see, like when most people start fasting initially is they don't get that hungry. They're like, I'm kind of good. Feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, you have them start doing fibers a day before and like, man, I'm starving. What time? What time? What time are we eating? We were going to do. We were going to do a uh, a twenty twenty four. Let's let's just dial that back. Let's eat at lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it pretty fast. Okay. 